We got it. Now I'm ready to go. Start the recording. Good morning, Faith Fellowship. And so would you do me a favor, light up the chat and say good morning back. I'd love to see that and be able to look at that a little bit later on. My name is Dale Thomas. I'm a fellowship leader here, for those of you that don't know me. And uh, man, I'm excited about what it is that the Lord has just laid on my heart. And as you can see from our title page there, we want to look at being fit for use. Um, Our first verse that we kind of want to set the tone for what it is that we're going to be looking at will be in Acts chapter 3, 1 through 16. But we want to look at something here. In 2 Timothy 2.20, he says this, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. And if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. And so the question on the floor is, is what kind of vessel have you been during this time? Uh, you were, you were going to see something that's kind of interesting. You've heard a lot of testimonies. You've seen baptisms. And you've even, maybe if you've been watching, watched me baptize my brother, which was, man, fantastic. And so this has been a time where others have been fruitful. But the thing that I'm really asking is, have you been fruitful? Because there's opportunity for you to do that. And so we want to maybe examine some things in order to kind of motivate you. See, the pandemic is getting to the spot where, okay, now we're considering moving forward and starting to get our economy and our society back in order. But we know that it's not over. And so there could be other bumps and hurdles and challenges, or maybe, you know, our kids will go to school or they, they don't, or I can go to work or I have to go back home because things spike. And so what are you going to do with this time? This is a special time right now. And so I want to tell you about something, my testimony of something that I've been doing during this time. And there are, there are these letters uh, that I wrote out to my neighbors. And uh, you'll see kind of in uh, the next slide here, these are the pictures of those. You can see a track there. Then there's a little card, and that card uh, I, I sent with, so there was a larger envelope and then a smaller envelope. Both of them stamped. Both of them had, you know, our address and labels, the labels. I don't even want to get into that. It's awful. <laughs> but we got it, praise the Lord. And so this letter has my testimony, has an opportunity for you to, to uh, at least hear the gospel. But I kind of left some hanging chads so that people may inquire more. And so that little card there was just with that envelope. If you send that back, it it had an opportunity for you to give me prayer requests, an opportunity for you to tell me if you'd be interested in a Zoom Bible study, uh, an opportunity for you to tell me that you've accepted Christ. And I sent out 100 of them in my neighborhood. And I think on the next slide, you'll kind of see. So now what we live in in Prairie Village there, and uh, you can kind of see the rectangle But my plan is actually to go from Mission all the way to Belinder, doing the same thing. What I wanted to do with this opportunity was, I've been saying since I've lived in my neighborhood for 10 years that I wanted to have a presence and that people would know where I stood in my faith. And so here I am in this opportunity now with this pandemic, and the Lord is like, here you go. What are you going to do? 
And I could do nothing. The labels alone almost derailed it just because it was so terrible trying to get <laughs> that to set up right. I was telling Van about it. Good Lord. Ah, <clears throat> that was bad. But man, I, so now think about it. What's on the table? What if 100 people send me back something? Anything. Prayer requests. I got saved. I did get one, <laughs> one letter back. It said, keep your religion. So... Honestly, that <laughs> discouraged me a little bit. When I looked at it, I was like, oh, man, did I say something wrong? Did I? And then the Lord just comforted me. He was like, no, this, you got to expect that that's how it's going to be. And so I'm not telling you that to brag. I'm not telling you that to condemn you. I'm telling you that because I want to encourage you to do something, to do something outside of the thing that you've been doing maybe this whole time. Because when we come back, man, don't you want to have a testimony of just something that the Lord did in your life? And so our thesis this morning is going to be this. Faith in Jesus will make you useful in the midst of any condition. Faith in Jesus will make you useful in the midst of any condition. We're going to see a condition by a certain man that is quite uh, a disadvantage. And so let's look at the text here. I'm just going to read this and then we'll get into it. Verse 1, chapter 3, says, Now Peter and John went up together into, into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into that temple, uh, into the temple, excuse me, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them into, in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And so for our next slide here, there are some four takeaways you want to get from this, okay? Just in that he is in a condition that places him at a disadvantage against what he may have chosen for himself if given a choice. That's the pandemic. <laughs> None of us would have chose this. None of us would have chose not to to be here in the company of each other or to not be able to go to work or send our children to school, none of us would have chose that. 
but it is the situation that we're in. And so now look at how this puts him at a disadvantage in these four ways here. In that next uh, slide there, it says, it makes him unable to walk, lame from birth. He's unable to will himself. You see that he was carried. He didn't get himself there. He can't will himself to do one thing to the next. He's unable to work. He's having to ask alms so he, can, he has no resources other than those that are given to him on a day-to-day basis. And you know that would fluctuate. He is unable to worship. He's at the gate, not in the temple. He's outside of it. And so he can't be a part of the things that is happening on the inside of that because of his condition. Man, this, this guy is us. <laughs> and so we need to look at something. We need to look at these are prerequisites for usefulness. See, our key point number one is this, look to the things of God. In verse three, it says, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. See, I love this verse here in in Psalm 123.1, this passage rather, it says, unto thee lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens, behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord. Man, you understand, like, what is about to happen with this guy? When Peter is saying, let me engage you, you can imagine him in that situation. They're passing by, people passing by, and maybe people put something in a cup or some sort of bag or whatever he may have. And I can imagine him not even looking at people normally because of the shame that he wouldn't want to cause that individual that has now given him something. And what does Peter say? Hey, no, look on us. I want to make eye contact with you. Why is that important? Well, if we go back to that in Psalm 123, it says, so our eyes wait upon the Lord, our God, until that he have mercy upon us. See, remember, we were saying that this is a prerequisite for usefulness. So if I look to the Lord, the thing I'm looking for is, Lord, look on me. I I need your mercy. I very much needed his mercy in order to carry out this thing that's been rattling around in my head for months. Really, honestly, since I've been in that neighborhood for years. And I don't feel like the Lord was condemning me because I wasn't moving forward. I just didn't have the faith necessary to to do it. So I had to get that mercy. I love this. It says in verse three, have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. I mean, he's repeating it. Like, Lord, in case you didn't hear me, let me say it again. I desire it so much. For we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our souls are exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. And so I want to ask you something. What are the things that you're looking to? Just in a very practical way, we are trying to provide as much content as we possibly can for you to look to and not be focused on what the news is telling you. They are going crazy. (laughs) Now the politicizing of this, I'm just turned off of it. I just looked at Google, okay, tell me the COVID thing. What are the numbers? What are we doing? Because I cannot watch everybody bicker back and forth on whose fault it was and the finger point. It doesn't matter. And I'm not going to find my, I can't have my hope in my government. I can't have my hope in my city or what, and I love Kansas City, but my hope is not there. That's not where I'm looking to have mercy come from. 
I want to look to the Lord. Man, I, listen, fix your gaze upon his word. And let, I know wholeheartedly how hard it could be. You know, you could, so just because you watch word of the Lord doesn't mean you don't need to spend time with the Lord. Okay, you realize that that was what they got out of the word. What are you going to get out of it? The various Bible studies you can be a part of, this would be super, it is convenient for withdrawal right now. And the more that I withdraw, if I was kind of on the fringe when we were, when we were together, I'm really on the fringe now. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, if you want your life to matter in eternity, you have to do this. Look to the things of God. The next thing we'll see, key point number two, is receive the things of God. In Acts 3.5 it says, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. He didn't even know what he was going to get, but he's just like, okay, I got, man, you got my attention, my eyes, but now am I ready to receive? Do I have that anticipation, expectation for something? Because you, you must want something if you said, look, look on me. So you're going to give me something. Proverbs 2, 1 and, two, and, uh, and, and 1 and 2 say, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. See, there is an application that the Lord is saying to do, but the thing he's saying is receive my words. The next thing, you'll see this repeated again in Proverbs 4, 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. Proverbs 8.10, receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. Proverbs 10.8, the wise in heart will receive commandments, but a pratting fool shall fall. Proverbs 19.20, hear counsel and receive instruction, that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. See, there's an advantage in receiving the things that are given from the Lord. And no advantage greater than receiving that instruction from God. In order for me to carry out the thing that I was going to have to do, I had to have time in the word, be burdened by the things that, and just, Lord, I hear you. I see what you're doing. You give me that, okay, I'm going to receive that instruction. Now it's like I'm taking it. I'm not just simply letting the things that cross my ears pass me by. When we're trying to show you testimonies of baptisms and or what fruit the people are outside, are getting, man, it's because we're trying to provoke something in you. You have to start asking yourself, there's no reason why you can't be fruitful. Only if you, you deny the thing that the Lord freely gives. Because here's the thing, in terms of a meeting, the Lord is always ready for a meeting. He's always willing. He's always at... At the, he's got the breakfast ready. Hey, come on, you ready? Let's, let's talk. I want to tell you something. It, listen, receiving instruction, uh, okay, those of us, all of us, you know, that work and, and even those that are listening that are students, sometimes when you receive instruction, like, you don't like the instruction. <laughs> but you know what? If you want that grade or if you want to maintain paychecks, you have to receive it. I can't just deny it. If I just go off and just say, well, to my boss, well, I appreciate that. I'm not doing that. I'm going to do what I want to do. That is not going to work well for me. 
But we sometimes get this idea because it's the Lord and his graciousness and he's so kind and loving that, oh, well, I'll just put him off until I'm ready to do something. I want to put myself in submission in such a way that it would, it would have been more annoying for me not to put that letter out than it would for me to do it. I mean, it was like somebody knocking on a wall in the house where I just, I, I couldn't get over it. I remember once the label situation started going crazy, it forced me to stay up in a, in a window roughly about 24 hours in order to get it done because in my heart, I was like, I've got to get this out. I'm going to win. Avery and Microsoft and my printer are from hell, and I'm going to win. <laughs> and so, and I did. Praise the Lord in Jesus' name. <laughs> and I'm ready for the next round of 100. I know what to do. Maybe it'll be easier. See, I want to know what to do next. That's how I... I receive instruction. I don't want to be sitting in a time like this, hear something from the Lord, and then go, well, I don't know what to do with that, Lord. See, that's the thing I want you to consider. There is something unique to you. You don't have to do what I did. You don't have to write a letter. You, can, you don't have to do what James and their family did. Remember, they, they made the little care pack or what, you know, the FOI and, and just the different things that are happening. Man, God has something for you to do specifically that you must carry out. And I personally want to know what that is. Why? Because I want to be fruitful. I want, to, I want to obey. And here it is, our next key point for a prerequisite for usefulness is obey the command of God. In Acts 3.6, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I give, uh, excuse me, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. See, I love that, man, there's just a command given. Now, it's, there's a split second, a split window of what is he going to do with that? You got my attention. I'm ready to receive something from you. And now a command is given. What are you going to do? Jeremiah 7.23 says, But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. When you obey the Lord, it will be well unto you. I don't know what possibilities of fruit are going to come from me sending out these letters, but I'm excited about it. It could have, because the thing I realize is it could have fruit immediately and like down the road. Some people looked at it and didn't see their name on it because it just says, dear neighbor, and they just threw it away. But some people put it away. And then the Lord will say, hey, for some reason, you're moving. Go through your junk again. What is Bible study, salvation, all of those are possibilities. Whatever it is, it's fruit. And I want it. Christian, you have to get to the point where you are greedy for the fruit that the Lord is saying is available to you. Don't just let those that you, you have deemed in your mind as this leader or that leader, and okay, I'm... I'm going to follow this individual, and I love what they do, and I can never do what they do. Of course you can do what they do. They have the same Holy Spirit that you have. They have the same Word of God that you have. There is no reason that you cannot be fruitful. I don't care if it's this time or whenever this is over-ish, whatever over looks like. <laughs> you, you can be fruitful. 
So the thing, listen, you have to understand something about God. When he gives a command, there's an expectation, absolutely, that he wants you to do what it is that he told you to do. So we need to look at, we need to look and see what happens when faith is applied. We've looked on the things of God, we've received the instruction, and now in faith we obey the command of God, and so what happens? Acts 3, 7, and 11, we've read it already, but we'll do it again. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. So here are the four things you need to notice from that. The strength in his legs was so great that he was able to leap, having never been able to stand or walk. That's what fruit looks like from the Lord. Lord, I've never had it before. I'm scared to death to go and open my mouth. Just do it. If you do it, I'm tell- it will work out. The Lord wants to give you the fruit more so than you want it. I guarantee you. How amazing is that? He's not shaky. He's not on crutches. He leapt. I haven't walked. You will later find in, in, in chapter uh, four that the dude is 40. He has not walked in 40 years. Now you're leaping? But God. The next thing is he will now... Uh, His will, excuse me, now turned to submission to God's will by following the disciples into the temple. See, no longer was he going to be somebody that was outside, but he knew these two guys gave him truth. He received it in faith. Now he's up leaping and he's like, oh, where y'all going? I'm going. I need to be with you. And later, if you keep reading all the way through chapter four, he ends up in jail with them. Standing accused because they're causing a stir. Would, would be the God that we would cause a stir during the pandemic. In our communities, in our families. We gotta mix things up. There's only so much sweatshirt and sweatpant wearing, no teeth brushing, TV watching stuff you can do <laughs> over this time. Like, man, what? prophet is that? Look at me. I look like a microphone. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I sent them letters out looking like a microphone. (laughs) Praise the Lord. See, the other thing is, the third thing, this change in his life gave him no choice but to praise God. No choice. I love that sometimes there are just things that happen in our life with the Lord. You have no place but just, uh, just to fall on your knees. Man, I want to find out. I want to find the parts of life and the decisions that I can make that would, that would be pro-Christ and maybe denial of myself in order for me to just, man, I, I can't say nothing, but this is God. If I don't do anything, though, that will never happen. This change in his life, excuse me, even though still unemployed, I love this, even though still unemployed, he now was part of God's work. 
All those individuals that come out there, the stir that he caused, he's a part of something. He instantly got work. See, faith is the thing that makes us whole. Acts 3.16, and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Acts 4.10, about the same individual. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before ye whole. See, it's the faith that is, that's going to make you whole. It's, it's the thing that, that will completely change your condition. Being home helped me to realize that I was now free, more free than ever before, so I could look at the field of my neighborhood and receive the instruction on what to do and then in faith move forward. And now, whatever fruit comes from that, I'm just going to rejoice and thank the Lord for I hope, listen, I hope that I have to engage the, the various men and women in my fellowship in order to help me manage the amount of Bible studies that we have from this. See, that's, that's the thing that I want. And so, listen, here's the major point. When faith is applied, it will immediately make your disadvantage an advantage for Christ. Whatever disadvantages that you feel like you have, you know, personally, internally, uh, maybe from the pandemic, I'm not working, uh, you know, there, there are people that are sick. There's always an opportunity for Christ to win. And so you have to embrace that in your life. You have to be looking for opportunities. How can I put the Lord front and center in this thing? I'm scared to death, Lord, but I'm going to put you front and center. Lord, I don't know what to do next, but I'm going to put you front and center. Lord, I'm, I'm out of work, and I'm the, I'm the husband, I'm the provider, and I have many mouths to feed, but I'm going to put you first. See, I want to invite you to consider the things that you have put your faith in. Have they let you down, or worse, have they altered your life for the worse? Because I'm telling you, if your faith is solely in what the government can provide or what your job can provide, man, the Lord has rattled that cage. So what's left? The cage rattler, the Lord himself. I could put my faith there. So would you consider putting your faith solely in Jesus Christ? No longer in your ability, your education, in your, your family, whatever thing that it may be, but could it just be Christ alone so that you could leap, so that you could praise, so that you could work, so that you can fulfill his will? I can assure you uh, that it's not too late. I know oftentimes we think that, oh, I've wasted, you haven't wasted anything. Anytime the word of God shows up and if you're in, in your spirit right now, it's resonating with what I'm saying and you're like, you know what? I think uh, I, can, I can do that. I can make that choice. I can just start the process of looking. Okay, I'm telling you, the Lord will meet you there. And so would you do that? If you have not put your trust in Jesus Christ, then that is your first step. 
is the, the faith that comes there that you understand that you are a sinner separated from him. And that great divide has been dealt with by Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you. Man, there's no greater sacrifice than that. And so you have an opportunity to rectify even that. For the believer, you have an opportunity to, to rectify, maybe perhaps you've been on vacation spiritually. Man, it's time to get off vacation. Kick the sandals off. Put some real pants on. Wash up. <laughs> get to work. I love you. I pray that this ministers to you. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you.